It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20-piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. Man, I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. Welcome to the Back Judge Podcast. I'm Adam Clapp, along with my two two great friends, Lee Murray and Tommy Murray. Uh, boys, how's it going? It's great, man. Outside of the pan- whole pandemic and, uh, and, and national uncertainty, um, you know, things are going well. well. I, I'd like to start off. Sports I'd like to back, start right? off the show with some good news. We always like some good news, right? Uh, yesterday, put in a lock bet. Said, so- White Sox free money, free money on the White Sox tonight. Put ten bucks on that money line against them in Cleveland. Game got postponed due to rain. Rescheduled for this afternoon. Right? Sox lose four to three. But here's the kicker. Uh, in Jonah's website that he uses to place the bet, it was uh, refunded once once the rain delay hit, and Jonah didn't notice and never put the bet back in. So I'm I'm right at zero and zero, boys. No harm, no foul. I've, I've escaped with with no cuts and a, an unblemished resume. I would say, Clep, you you learned that Jonah may be an unreliable source because if that had gone the opposite way, you'd be complaining about how Jonah. Uh, we, you know, was the only thing in between you and, and a fresh Alexander Hamilton. So, uh, what I would say to you is, uh, keep your, you know, watch your six with this low pot. Yeah, I will. I don't know if you can trust him. I, I have it in my head there. now. <laughs> I, I make him send in my receipts. Yeah. Um, Today we're doing the NFC West, and let's just jump right into it, boys, with, with the Arizona Cardinals. And I think both Murray brothers are, are high on this team, as they were in, in 2019. But let me just toss it to Lee, because uh, he, he's driving the bus at least. Maybe Tommy can dispute that. But uh, Lee, just give me sell, – sell me as somebody who sees the potential in this team, but – may not be ready to put them up uh, as somebody who could potentially compete for a division championship. Try and sell me on this team. Um, well, we saw it with McVay three years ago. We saw it with Shanahan last year. And who's to say we're not to see it with Cliff Kingsbury this year and a young, uh, cutting-edge offensive coordinator slash head coach guy who's calling the plays uh, with his star quarterback, Kyler Murray, who's to say that they can't win the division this year after the acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins? Um, although they have a middling offensive line, I would say weapons-wise, this is a top-10 offense in the NFL. And then the only team in the draft, and obviously drafting in the top-10, with the Stones to pick Isaiah Simmons, the toolsy player that we all at one point in our Lions draft venture were considering at the third pick. Um, so, obviously, adding a very uh, a possibly irreplaceable dynamic to their defense, Kenyon Drake looking like a premier running back last season. I would turn the conversation to you and tell you, outside of them being in arguably the most difficult division in the NFL, why can't this team, you know, compete at the highest level in the NFL? I think that 
it comes down to Kyler Murray and with the belief that I've me and my brother have been you know pounding our, our fists on the table for him for quite a while now um, only played one season so I think in his second year he's primed to take a step up and, and so is this team yeah I mean just to respond to you before I send it over to Tommy there I guess my main concerns with this team is still the offensive line um, love the addition of Josh Jones especially getting him in the third round there out of Houston um, but still uh, some questions on the interior a guy like J.R. Sweezy who's, who's pretty old in age I think Justin Pugh's you know up there in age as well um, don't know much about Cole Mace in the center, but still the offensive line is, is somewhat of a concern. And even behind, you know, Marcus Gilbert and Josh Jones, um, I don't know if there's a ton of depth behind them. Uh, and then I guess looking at their defense still, um, you know, I, I love Isaiah Simmons, but still their their back seven is still a little bit uh, concerning, especially maybe in the secondary at the corner spots. Um, you know, Byron Murphy, second year, so he, he obviously has a, a high ceiling. Uh, but Pat, and Patrick Peterson has been subject of trades. He hasn't quite been what he was earlier on in his career. Still an effective player, but maybe not what he used to be. So uh, I guess I guess those are my two main concerns. But I definitely uh, you know agree with you that this is a team that has a lot of upside. Yeah, I mean I would just push back a little bit by saying that even with the woes on the offensive line, if you look at the you know in their division, the the Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams both have middling to fairly bad offensive lines. I think Kyler Murray is more athletic than both of the quarterbacks, even Russell Wilson. So the offensive line is less of an impediment to his game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think Patrick. I think Patrick Peterson obviously is not the all-pro player he once was, but the combination of him and Byron Murphy, um, I think, is still a, a competitive secondary, especially with Buda Baker back there, who had a great year last year. Um, I think there are definitely enough pieces on this defense for it to be formidable enough for them to. For it to, you know, similar to kind of what I'm hoping the Lions yeah, I mean, for it to be able to. We'll see to... how Isaiah Simmons fits into this as well. Signing Devon Kennard is a good, good move. Um, you know, and Chandler Jones is obviously Jordan Hicks yeah, as well, right? And Chandler Jones is one of the the better pass rushers in the NFL, if not maybe even the best one. But still, a little bit concerned about their their defensive line ability to to rush the passer potentially. Tommy, uh, where are you with this uh, Cardinals team? Yeah, I think the Cardinals, if you want to compare the, to the conversation last year where, um, you know, I was a little bit uh, seduced by Kyler Murray's potential and his skill set, which I still am to this day, uh, but I think they've kind of shored up a lot of the holes that were on this team a year ago. Um, the trenches were obviously on the offensive and defensive side were a big problem last year, but likely alluded to, which I think is a really good point, part of the scheme and how fast they get the ball out of Kyler's hands um, a lot of the sacks that Kyler took were kind of on his own end, like a Deshaun Watson almost problem where he's trying to make too many plays and kind of runs into sacks. So hopefully you'd like to see him kind of progress on that level. And then I think that the offensive line, adding a guy like Josh Jones who's versatile, DJ Humphreys kind of had his first pretty solid year as a pro last year at left tackle. He got a three-year extension for whatever that's worth. Obviously bringing in new Hopkins. Um, I think having Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, and even Eno Benjamin, I think they have a lot of weapons on offense. But, Klepp, I, I do share some of your concerns on the defensive end, but I think that they've made a lot of nice, at least patchwork moves. They brought in both of your guys' boys, Lecky Fotu, who I think was going to be a really nice uh, addition from the interior of that defensive line, which was really bad last year, had a lot of trouble stopping the run. Brought in Jordan Phillips from Buffalo, who I thought was a little bit of an overpay, but still should be able to stop the run. You mentioned Devon Kennard. 
Devondre Campbell and Jordan Hicks, both guys who might be a little bit over the hill, but when they've played, have been good players. And I also like what that is able, um, with the versatility that that gives them with Simmons, kind of being able to play him near the line of scrimmage like we thought, or even uh, as a strong safety next to Buda Baker, kind of having both of those guys is just incredibly athletic move pieces on the on the back end of your defense. And then I'll just mention Byron Murphy was my favorite corner in 2019. Uh, was really thrown in the fire as a rookie. It showed promise, but obviously wasn't flawless as a rookie. So I think a lot of kind of the concerns with the secondary are going to hinge on him taking that next step. But overall, I think the Cardinals are in a very advantageous spot. Uh, their, where their win total is 7.5. I think that's a pretty sharp number. Yeah, well, Tommy, I was going to um, ask you guys really... that before we get to the Rams here. Where are you guys, if just 1 through 100, confidence meter. I guess we'll start with you, Tommy, and go over to Lee. Where are you at with them hitting over that 7.5 mark? What would be your you know percentage chance that you think they get eight wins? I am actually, if you go by what I think about the other division, I mean the other teams in the division, I don't want to spoil too much, but I think the Rams are the worst team in this division, and I expect regression from both the Seahawks and the 49ers. So I do think that this is probably a bet that I would lean the over to. Um, I think that a lot of it, like you guys said, I mean, the defense is a lot of, you know, uh, potential kind of going on. You got a lot of veterans, you got some young guys coming through, but I do think that the pieces are on the table for this team to really take that next step this year, uh, if not, you know, making a really being kind of the top dog next year potentially. Um, Clark, so you I, asked actually, me, I would lean, I would take the over. I would say I'm eighty percent. Wow! Confident. All right, yeah. Tommy didn't even give me yeah. a number, so. So I'm, I'll give you the number of that. I'll go sixty. I will be. I'll I will 60. be betting on the Cardinals over this year if it stays at seven and a half. Um, um, so yeah, I mean that's interesting. I, I would kind of be fifty-fifty lean under just because of the other teams in the division. I mean Tommy, you, but I mean guess Tommy, I'll toss it to you at this point. Let's move on to the Rams. What are what are your concerns with this team? I think it's just the regression that we saw from last year and that kind of compounding going into this year. The first win totals bet that I made, April 30th, 2019, Rams under 8.5. I really like this bet a lot. Um, I think this team, although I like Cam Akers and Van Jefferson a lot and think they both probably will have a pretty large impact on this offense from day one, uh, this offensive line is still abysmal, and I think that is the, cha- you know, the, uh, the, the thing that holds this whole camel together, you know? Uh, is that offensive line and being able to give Jared Goff time. We saw last year, I mean, even we, the back judge, personally, we've known the the narrative on the boy king all along. And last year it was just kind of crystallized for us. And Jared Goff is a guy who can't really work well under stru- uh, outside of structure, and he needs a sturdy offensive line in order to operate inside that structure. And my whole thing with the Rams is really just kind of their team-building philosophy, which was very risky from the start, but in, and we're now seeing, you know, they were a play, you know, not a play away, but they were in a close Super Bowl against the Patriots, a, you know, a year and a half ago, and now we're seeing kind of the 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 results of what happens when you go all in. You trade two first round picks for Jalen Ramsey. You trade a first round pick for Brandon Cooks. You're trading draft capital to try and win now, and this roster, I think, is outside of Jalen Ramsey and uh, Aaron Donald, obviously. Is kind of a lot of patchwork. Their linebackers really concern me. Their secondary outside of Ramsey, I think, is concerning. Taylor Rapp was a pretty good player, but he's kind of a box safety. Um, overall, I just think this, to me, is clearly 
the worst team on paper uh, in in the division, despite the star power. Yeah, Tommy, I like that analysis. And the the camel that holds it all together, where'd that come from? What's that? Is that a? You know that that was me, a half a Pacifico deep, <laughs> thinking about the straw that broke the camel's back and trying <laughs> well, to here, make well, an I'll analogy tell you around what that. Makes the, the camel fall apart here for for the for this team is Jared yeah. Goff. Give it right? to me because. You know, yes, we're, we're we're being we're in the business of teases in this division so far, and we'll get to the Seahawks neck and next, and that's a roster that I don't really love overall. But Russell Wilson kind of holds that thing together, where I can kind of plug my nose and look past a few things. But when you combine the issues that I see on this roster with Jared Goff as your quarterback, uh, there that's where I kind of just stop and say that I don't believe in this team to make the playoffs in 2020. Uh, it starts, like you said, Tommy, the offensive line is bad. Uh, the overall personnel moves this team has made with getting Cam Akers and, Je- and Van Jefferson, who I don't necessarily hate as players, but I just don't see how they fit um, with this team going forward with all those needs on the offensive line, especially like I already said. So, uh, Lee, you're, you've never been a big fan of the Boy King. Uh, are you off the, off the Rams train as well with us? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would say that I'm off the Rams train. To play devil's advocate a little bit, I would I would say that their weapons on offense that they have around Goff are a little bit more than patchwork. I think that Robert Woods is a really good receiver. Cooper Cup, you know, a fairly good complimentary, complimentary receiver. No, they used a couple would... of draft picks on receivers. And then Tyler Higbee, a, a solid tight end. Um, Gerald Everett to boot. I, I don't have a lot of faith in Jared Goff. I think that... Um, Tommy made some good points about just some missing pieces on this defense due to the fact that they're spending so much money on Donald and Ramsey. Um, I think there's really only so much Jalen Ramsey can do in that secondary. Um, And I think he's going to be a type of guy that around week seven when this team has three wins um, and loses a game, you know, after the bye week or before the bye week, whenever that may be, he's going to be running his mouth a little bit. It's not going to be a pretty sight. Um, He's the type of guy who definitely ultra-competitor, um, so I, I wouldn't and be surprised if something like Lee, that starts to happen. Um, but ultimately, I guess I would push back by just saying that I still think Sean McVay is a really good head coach. They got a new offensive coordinator, and if if Goff can just go back to making less mistakes, they can be you know an, a nine win team. I think. Totally, and I think I kind of granted that. I mean, if you want to talk about their skill positions, I think they have. You can make an argument they have the best skill positions in the league potentially, depending on how well Cam Akers hits. But even if that's true. Last year, they still had incredibly good skill positions, and I think the offensive line is the real kind of glue that holds this offense together and lets McVay run his system. Have, yeah. They don't have the best and, skill position in the league. No, I mean, I just I didn't want my point to be like, oh, this team has patchwork on their offense. It was more the fact they kind of are like the Panthers in a way that we'll get into when we get to the NFC South, where I think they have a lot of good, they have a good tight end. They have two good tight ends. They have good receivers. They have a good rookie running back. Uh, and another point that we haven't brought up is uh, Wade Phillips is not the defensive coordinator anymore. You've got Brandon Staley, who I know nothing, nothing about, and Jim uh, Fossil, Fassel or whatever, the special teams coach, went to Dallas. So they got two new uh, – got a new D.C. John and a new Bonamago special teams coordinator. John Bonamago was in Detroit, too, and he sucked. I was going to say, Clive, shout out John Bonamago. That's a name <laughs> that, that rang like a bell when I, when I read that. <laughs> and, Didn't he get fired yeah, halfway through last had, year? Was he doing or was the, that was the, the pacer from Latrobe? I don't know, Latrobe? man. The Lions <laughs> have had horrible special teams for like the last 10 years, so if you've been around Allen Park in, that, in association with the special teams, I'm not too uh, fond of you. Who was the, who was the guy uh, who was the guy who was doing the laps around the field know. in Latrobe? I don't know. That was some, yeah. I thought that. He, he thought it was still <laughs> like the 1970s kickoff rules probably or whatever. Yeah. 
Not to derail you too much there, Tommy. Sorry, buddy. Well, well, I just wanted to say, outside of their skill positions, which we've noted are, are you know, at the very least above average, this team is a few injuries away from, I mean, on the offensive line, on the defensive line, God forbid they lose Aaron Donald, and you got Ashawn Robinson, who we all love but is a, a bit one-dimensional. Uh, Terrell Lewis, your guy's boy Terrell Lewis, looks like he's going to be starting in the, there. in the rush spot. Look for him to maybe step into a bigger role. <laughs> Um, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know Joel Klatt was on this podcast yeah. right now. Like they, <laughs> I like they him. Got, He's a good player. Also, I got, do want to make a point here about special teams. Um, Greg Zerling gone. You know, maybe not the the best kicker in the league, but I would say a top end kicker yeah, for a very long time. Um, bailed this team out a few a few more times, and people may give him and, credit for. So, and forgive. Uh, I'm gonna give a collective forgive us that we didn't bring up John Johnson. He is a really good. He's a really good free well, safety. That's what I was they, gonna say about the secondary. I do think that at the cornerback position, there's there's a gaping hole behind Jalen Ramsey. I see David Long's name there. That's a Michigan alum, who they're I, I they're obviously gonna be looking for more out of him um, in in his second year. And then Terrell Burgess. Terrell Burgess they drafted this year. So John Johnson's a good player. Taylor Rapp is a good box safety, like you said. And then they're they're gonna have Burgess step in and. And, and they're probably going to be looking for him, things out of him his rookie year, too. So. Yeah, but the thing is, too, like, I I one, one last thing before we defense, get to the Seahawks here, though, it's like your first three picks is running back, wide receiver, safety. You know? Yeah. Just a little... With, with Josh Jones on the board for two of yeah. those picks, you know, mm. we, with a lot of guys on the board, I mean, it just kind of goes to show that I think we all kind of think that the hubris is going to catch up to them. You know, even drafting Bryson Hopkins, who's a nice tight end prospect from Purdue in the fourth round, who's going to sit. I mean, I know they love to run the 12 personnel or whatever, but Higby, Everett, and now you're drafting another tight end. Dare I compare the, the Los Angeles Rams to the Chicago Bears? Woo! I don't think dare, their defense is good dare enough, Dare I make man. that comparison? With, I mean, I don't sure, but I don't think the Bears' offense is maybe quite as good as the Rams. Well, what's the comparison that you're trying to make? The like comparison is that their teams of the they, I would say, although McVay is significantly better, young coaches who've proven they can win in the NFL, both won you know multi double digit 12, 13 games. One of them going to the Super Bowl. Quarterbacks drafted very high, who we all thought were overdrafted from the start. The media at a certain point thought they were worth their you know water at the pick. And now they've both been Trubisky more so than Goff. The curtain has been pulled um, to a certain extent, and the ceiling of both of these teams in their competitive divisions is fairly capped at a certain point because of the quarterbacking and the moves made from the top down over the past few years, and them just ultimately their window not being very green, not really lining up with what it takes to uh, to you know. To do what they what they once did. Let's go to the let's go to the Seahawks boys, and uh, I'll kick things off here, I guess, with this team because I feel like I say the same thing over and over and over again every year that I really want to be into this team, but the offensive line just keeps me away. And uh, you know, they bring in uh, Damian Lewis in, in the third round of the draft uh, this season. He's from LSU, so you know you have a little bit of that championship pedigree, but again, you don't know how much of those guys got overdrafted, and I'm also not going to pretend that I'm an expert on guard play or anything like that. And the other thing is, though, with this team every year, it's like if, if the Chiefs had lost the Super Bowl, I'd probably be saying that 
you know, Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in the league. And right now I'll give that edge to Mahomes because he pulled out that, you know, pulled out the comeback in the fourth quarter. But, you know, Mahomes is probably one throw to, you know, Tyreek Hill on third and long away from, in my mind, being the second best quarterback behind Russell Wilson. So uh, I think that's a really close match at the top for this league. And making the trade for Jamal Adams is interesting, very much a Seahawks move, but giving up two first-round picks in the future to eventually have to pay Jamal Adams is, is a lot for me, uh, for him to be at the safety position. I know he does a lot of in-the-box stuff and isn't necessarily just a you know, a guy that plays on the back half of the field, but still just a confusing pick. But then at the same time, you mess up your first-round picks every year, so who cares if you don't have them? You know, so... Uh, but then on the other hand, too, Brian Schottenheimer, I think, is probably, you know, by far the worst offensive coordinator uh, in this division. Uh, but, you know, they always seem to be able to pull it out by, you know, the skin of Russell Wilson's teeth. So I'm not sure if that wrapped up everything that I want to say about this team as a whole. But I expect them to be competitive in every single game. But it's just there's such a roller coaster ride, it seems like. Yeah. Um, if, if you don't mind, Tommy, I'm going to step in here and say uh... – there's, there. there's going to be a whole heck of a lot of weight on the shoulders of DK Metcalf this year, and I'm not saying that he's not fit for it, but I'm just saying it's a lot of weight. Um, you kind of saying it, that he's not fit for it. I mean, no, because I'm right there thinking that this is a team that's highly capable of winning nine or ten games. I think he can bolster a good amount of that weight. I don't think he's, I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's really in the conversation of elite. I think Russell Wilson. Is does a lot for him, and I, and I don't want to take too much away from him, and I and I think he does his job well, and probably will do it well again. But I'm just trying to say that the running backs on this team don't impress me very much. Uh, the tight ends on this team are either old or injury prone. They have a bad offensive line. Their best offensive lineman is Dwayne Brown, who's like 36 at this point. Um, they've historically had a bad offensive line, and then in the receiver room, it's like. You've got Tyler Lockett, who he is what he is. He's extremely solid. And then DK, where it's like, if this is going to be a team that's going to be winning 11 or 12 games and competing for this division, they're, you know, usually in that second spot. They're usually around nine, you know, wins, ten wins. If this is a team that wants to take that step, um, I think their defense has a certain floor that it has presented in the past and will continue to present, even though I may disagree with a lot of the picks they make. I think the trade, Clef, I think you, you covered the trade pretty well. They just bring in a really, really, really good player to their defense to, to boot with Bobby Wagner and, and, and you know, a few other pieces they have. Um, but ultimately, it's going to come down to, I think a lot of it's coming down to DK and then Russell Wilson, of course. But I do think that from top to bottom, this is not one of the better rosters in the division. So I, I can't say they're going to they're gonna win this division. But I, I think second is realistic for them because of Russell yeah. Wilson. Yeah, Lee, I agree with you, but I think we get there in different ways. Um, I think if you're listening to this right now, you can go back to every single uh, NFC West preview that we've done, and it probably sounds a lot like what you guys both said. You know, the defense uh, doesn't look too good on paper. The offensive line is one of the worst in the league. But then again, they have Russell Wilson. Um, I'm not worried about DK or Tyler Lockett. I think they're two of the better receiver duos in the NFL. And I just think DK, on the limited route tree that he runs, is, you know, he's elite at running streaks, slants, and comebacks. And I think that's really all that he's going to be asked to do again. I don't really see his route tree evolving. I just think that he is a grown man who runs a 4-3, 6-3, 230, whatever he is, 
and he's just tough to guard. It's just kind of that simple. Um, it, whether his game elevates and he becomes a more complete Julio-esque receiver, like maybe Klepp and I thought he had the potential to be in the pre-draft process, remains to be seen. But right now, all he needs to do is really make some of the catches that he didn't make last year, get to that 1,000-yard mark like he was very close to getting last year, and let Tyler Lockett do a lot of the more nuanced route-running stuff. I guess that's my disagreement with you on on DK Lee and their offense and on their running backs and their tight ends. I just think he's more one, like he's kind of one dimensional on that. It may be easier but, to sniff out this year and year two, like it is with a lot of receivers. Um, I think in year two they if, have a little bit more of a struggle where you know you got to really hit the pavement and, and prove yourself again and again. You know, in the in the NFL, ever so competitive league, yeah. obviously. Um, obviously was was impressive in his rookie year, but I wouldn't say that DK Metcalf is really a lead at anything right now. And I would say that, obviously, I know what you mean by bringing Julio up, but I don't think he'll really ever be in that conversation, I guess totally. is what that's, I'm trying to say. That's not what I was trying to say. What I was just trying to say is when DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson has is able to extend the play like he is and DK Metcalf can run free, there's not a lot of corners, there's not a lot of coverages in the NFL that you can do. There's not a lot that they can do about that. Mm-hmm. If Russell Wilson is able to extend the play and DK Metcalf is one-on-one with a corner that he has five inches on and is faster than it's, that's kind of what we saw last year, I think, a lot of it. Especially in that um, Philly game, And, and I don't really – completely. And I don't really want to hang on this point. The offense, like you said, Lee, is the tight ends and running backs are a little underwhelming, but you don't they don't really need to be overwhelming. I mean, Disley was a really good player when he was able to play. Obviously, he's had injury issues. Greg Olson, we know what he can do. is de- definitely long on the tooth and has had injury issues. But all of their tight Olsen's ends seem to produce. Olson's got one in the booth, man. Completely, but my point is that Hollister, every single tight end they've had has been able to produce, at least from like a DFS standpoint. Like All their guys are going to be getting looks. I think it's so much, like you guys both said, Russell Wilson is right now probably at safely the number two quarterback in the NFL. I think you can make a good argument. He's I the think best he's quarterback the best, man. I, I said yeah. it to you you know, a little while ago. I don't think it's totally. insanely controversial to say. Just you know. let's grant him. He's the second best quarterback in the NFL. You have a good – I mean, I think uh, Klepp brought up a really good point with Schottenheimer in the offense. Like, what if they just kind of take a Kansas City philosophy and let Russ just rip it this year? You know, that's I think that is – That's not happen, I don't think. Well, that's kind of – I think we're – I mean, yeah, obviously – I don't think they have the line the play or the running back play either to really do that. You need they to got be like able six to heads of... in that backfield too. And, I mean, one last point that I'd like to make when, on the Seahawks before we move on is just – you look at Rashad Penny, L.J. Collier, and Jordan Brooks. And in my opinion, those are three straight years of first-round picks that set your franchise back. And, I mean, the, the, the other picks yep. have not been, you know, too great either. I mean, D.K. was, was good. Um, but, but along those lines, I mean, this team is not full of dudes who they really drafted. I mean, they had that one year where they just kind of hit on everything, the, the, the Wilson season, you know, and so – Beyond that, they haven't done enough to, to build this team up, in my opinion. And that's where I kind of get to the San Francisco 49ers and just look at this roster. And as much as I want to be like, oh, the same thing won't happen again. It's a new NFL season. Be careful. This roster, to me, is just too, too solid for them to have the type of regression where I don't see this team making the playoffs, especially with the expanded system that the NFL just went to this year. Um, bringing in Trent Williams to just, you know, basically plug and replace Joe Staley. Like, you know, that just worked out the way it worked out. You have Mike McGlinchey still. You add a guy like Ayuk in the draft who just makes this offense even more dynamic and, and gives Debo a little bit of help. Uh, you look at the defense and you get rid of DeForest Buckner, but you replace him with Javon Kinlaw. 
who was my favorite interior D lineman in the draft, and is he going to have a DeForest Buckner impact year one? No, but this defensive line and, and overall linebackers as well put enough pressure on, on the passer last year to make me think that it's not going to be a huge deal that, that Buckner is gone. You got guys like D Ford and Bosa still getting after it. Probably the best off-the-ball linebacker trio in the league, Fred Warner, Quan Alexander, and Dre Greenlaw. I mean, Greenlaw, fifth-round pick from last year, but he had a ton of you know moments last year, especially you know most notably in the last game of the season in Seattle. The only real concern to me on this team is is the secondary still. Uh, Richard Sherman, year older. Akilah Witherspoon hasn't really been fantastic. Uh, Jimmy Ward and Jacuzzi Guitar, you can do a lot better at the safety positions. But the one thing that masks a, a, a rough secondary would be an elite pass rush, and they have that. So barring Jimmy Garoppolo, who didn't have a great season last year, and they still made it to the Super Bowl, like barring him completely falling apart or getting injured, I – would be shocked if this team didn't make the playoffs. And I don't know I don't know if you guys are kind of with me on that or not. I would take it a step further and say with everything you just said, barring Gar- Garoppolo getting the getting the yips basically. Um, this is a team that I think is is poised to win ten games, you know, maybe eleven or twelve, um, and be absolutely at the forefront of that division race, you know, with the Seattles and, and you know, in my dream world, the Arizonas of the world. Um, competing, you know, the 49ers are, are the team that they're going to have to get through. I really agree with a lot of the things you said. Um, and I just think that the only thing I guess I could say against this team is the fact that Debo Samuel could be injured for the first quarter of the season, um, which, you know, could potentially set them back a little bit offensively. And, you know, I guess you can't expect the exact same result from a player like Raheem Mostert. I'm not going to sit here and and, and try to say that I think Raheem Mostert is going to have another all-pro caliber season. I think it's possible, but I don't think it's likely. Um, so I guess, you know, I think I could see this team taking a small step back. I don't think Kinlaw's production will match Buckner's, but I don't think it will be significant enough to where they're not in, like you said, the playoff conversation or even, in my opinion, the divisional title conversation um, come, come postseason time. Yeah, um, it's not a lot to uh, disagree with you guys there, but um, I'm not – I mean, Debo, for however long that he's out for, obviously will hurt, but I think Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, will do a great job of kind of replacing him in that role. And kind of the guy – I mean, this is all Kyle Shanahan, man. I mean, this is an elite top three coach in the NFL who has proven such, I think, in every single season. I'm not really worried about, you know, I don't think Raheem Mostert really has to have, he didn't have really have an all-pro type season last year. Lee, I think they just run their running back, well, that towards, table of running backs that they on have. The, on the run towards the end of the year and in the playoffs, I guess is what I meant. Yeah, no, no, I think, but my point is that that I think is just a byproduct of the system and you're on your third running back and you're still able to run the ball as effectively as they do. You have the best blocking tight end in the league in George Kittle. I mean, the best tight end in the league in George Kittle, who I think is going to probably have the best year of his career just with Debo Samuel being out and being the clear number one option in this offense. And, Clep, you mentioned it with Trent Williams. I mean, I don't see a lot of regression coming from this offense. I don't really think Jimmy G plays a huge part in the you know this offense doing that well. Obviously, if he can have a, a lot better of a year this year and have an MVP-type caliber season this year, I think that obviously would do wonders for him. A little sidebar, too. I think Jimmy G would probably be a good long shot vote for MVP because this team is going to be competitive, because there's a chance that he plays better this year, that this offense is better from a passing perspective this year and doesn't rely as much on the run game. 
Um, the offense I'm not as worried about, but I am a little worried about the defense just because Klepp and Lee, you guys both brought up the front seven. Not worried about that at all. Klepp, I completely agree with you. I think they do have the best three off-ball linebackers in the NFL. And Drake Greenlaw was a fifth-round fifth round pick last year, but if it wasn't for Nick Bosa, very well could have been the rookie of the year last year, the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, for me, it comes down to the secondary where I think Richard Sherman, um, I, I hate to doubt this guy after he had an unbelievable season last year coming off injury, but he is, he is a little bit older. Um, and I just I do have questions about this secondary regressing a little bit. I just think that it's it's fair to say that this team playing a little bit tougher of a schedule, um, you know, having their pop year that 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 they did last year, that they're going to regress a little bit. Which is why, if I had to bet on the win total of ten and a half, I probably would bet to the over. I mean, the under, just because over. I mean, them getting eleven wins in this division that we talked about, I think could be a little tough, and this could be a division winner at nine or ten wins. Um, but overall, I think I agree with you guys. They have the best coach in the division. They have the best team in the division, and they should be the favorite for the division. But I do have some questions about some potential defensive regression after the unbelievable season they had but last year. The other thing, though, Tommy, just to quickly counter that defensive point is Salah's back. You know, so it's like they didn't even lose him to to a head coaching gig. So that that you know helps me a little bit too with the, in terms of that defense being able to stay on that same level. But let's get into the division rankings at the end of the year, and I'll kick it off, and I'll just say I'll put the 49ers first. Um, you know, I'll hit that sell button on the Seahawks, and uh, I'll, I'll buy what Lee was was selling me with the Cardinals, and I'll put them second in the division. I'll put the Seahawks third, and I'll put the Rams in the gutter. I got the same thing, Clap. San Fran first, I'll say 11 wins. Uh, Arizona second, I'll say 10 wins. 10 wins, maybe nine. Seattle in that 9-8 range, and then the Rams tailing off in that 8-6 to six range. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Clap. Yeah, I'm with you guys, too. Um, I'm pretty confident in the Rams finishing fourth and me cashing that under 8.5 ticket. Also, uh, plus 200 for them to finish fourth, if you want to bet on that specific division bet. That is a very good bet. Um, and it sucks now, too, because the, the under has been hammered down, at least where I'm looking, to minus 145. I got it minus 125 for under 8.5, so you got to spend a little bit more. Um, and I... I mean, again, I think this kind of comes down to a lot of the divisions where you have a clear kind of top dog in your mind and a, and a bottom dog. And then, obviously, the Cardinals offer a higher ceiling, I think, than the Seahawks. But the Seahawks right now, it's hard to argue against them offering the higher floor with the continued success that they've had with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. And I think this team, on paper, uh, is better, I think, than last year. I mean, obviously, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they don't have Jadavian Clowney next year. I still think it's... Kind of interesting to see what he, where he's going to be playing next year, and um, it looks like they're counting on Jamal Adams to uh, be their sack leader next year. So um, I'm gonna I'll, I'll stick with you guys just because I'm a Cardinals lover, but I it's more about this, the Niners being the, the top dog in this division. The Cardinals I'll put them at two because they offer the higher ceiling, and uh, the you know the Seahawks and them are a bit interchangeable, and then the Rams at four. Right, good looks, boys. We're we're all kind of in an agreement here, so. Uh, Always great to, to talk some divisional football, and it's on to the south, eh? On to the south. Q stay scheming.